pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. K-O-N-E Lubbock. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. All right, well, welcome. And uh, here we are for another Friday. Last day of April already. I know this seemed like, a, I remember last week you were saying something about how long it had seemed since like the whole thing with uh, Chris Beard leaving and all that stuff. Who? And that, that, yeah, that, you know, that guy. That, that actually was like at the this month. The month was, yes. Gosh, it is so incredible, man. It seems like that already seems like months ago. Yeah, it really does. Isn't that weird? But, uh, yeah, so May is upon us here. So, all right, well, coming up today, uh, Red Rare Basketball has a new player, um, Adonis Arms. Is that how he says that name? Absolutely. Right. And uh, uh, special uh, conversation with him coming up. Get to get to know him, see what he's all about. Also, inside the Red Raiders recruiting, there's uh, tons of guys still in the transfer portal. And uh, Jarrett, uh, going to break down who's being targeted and everything. I mean, because, man, there's uh, it's the good kind of targeting. It is. It's and it's not just that, but the class of 2022. So moving forward, like I've talked to a, a handful of offers this week and some even this morning. So they're, boy, anybody doubting if Coach Adams can recruit or if he has the energy to do it, well, they're wrong. Don't. Trust me. All right. Well, that's good. So we'll get to that coming up on the show. Also, um, some Texas Tech track and field updates. And uh, then you got uh, Tech baseball on the road in Austin. So uh, that should be there should be a little uh, little extra juice on that one coming up uh, today. And then uh, some uh, football recruiting, some new football offers are out. And uh, the uh, draft, the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, will we see any Red Raiders in the next couple of days of the draft? So that's what we've got to uh, get to today on the Rockin' pregame. And uh, we start off with... Rockin' Reality Check. Oh, yeah, well, it would have been nice if that was turned up. It was Rockin' Reality Check. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, all right. Anyway, Pete, how are you today? Why don't you start? I'm excited, Jeff. Well, good, Pete. I'm, I'm excited to, to move into the month of May. But yeah, the April, I feel like it's been uh, pretty long. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, football. I'm excited to see if anybody goes in the draft. Uh, basketball. I, I see uh, all these guys working hard. Adams. Uh, you know, we're going to hear from uh, Adonis Arms uh, coming up. So uh, a lot of positives I can see, and some excitement building. Uh, but I'm excited tonight for, or this afternoon, because it got moved up to 2 o'clock today, the first game for Texas Tech baseball. They're 11th ranked, and they're going to number three Texas. Uh, man, you, you gotta, you gotta somehow pull the sweep here, which is, is gonna be tough to do. But man, their, their backs are against the wall after last weekend. They gotta win this week over New Mexico. So we'll kind of see where this team's in, uh, you know, mentally and, and how they're doing on the field. I think that's a big game today. But, man, there's always something going on with, with Texas Tech and, uh, you know, what have you. I did a Zoom yesterday with Jarrett Culver. He's, uh, you know, coming back to do a camp this summer. So uh, Matt Mooney's coming into town in two weeks to do something. So uh, it's good to keep in touch with these guys. So you mentioned Tech ba- uh, baseball. Is this, are, are they, is it disappointing this year? 
or, or are they as good as you thought they were going to be? Or what, what do you feel? Oh, I feel you you got to talk about the injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, they've I been know. it's been a, a ridiculous rash of injuries right. to key players, right? Key I mean, players, yeah. So you know they're down to number eleven, but man, you know they're the, obviously man. The bats are always hot, and uh, man, just you know they lost two or three to Kansas State last week. Uh, they lost, so I mean they, I mean. You're not going to win every game. It's baseball. The Big 12 title's off the table, right? For yeah. all intents and purposes. Yeah. I don't know about math. You know, math is always a challenge for me. But that's off the <laughs> table, right? But postseason play, hey, they can still make a run. And Absolutely. Would you, who would you rather have than Coach Tadlock calling the shots? You're right. You know, uh, pulling the strings there. Can he pitch? <laughs> probably. That's, yeah. I know. Yeah, I actually, actually, wasn't he yeah. a catcher, I think? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think no. probably. That, that's where they, it's like this whole season they, they're struggled. But I, I mean, injuries. You're right. Certainly key injuries. But uh, but yeah, just the the pitching this year has, yeah. has not been um, maybe to the same standard that they've had. That then you man, that's where you, if you don't have elite great pitching, that's well. That and then, up I there, mean, man. the week before they were so good, Monteverdi and uh, Mason Montgomery, and then man, Baylor just took it to them and whipped them in that Friday game. And so you got to win that first game. So. Uh, Tadlock is either going to you know, make some changes. He said he wasn't sure, so we'll see you know, how the, the pitching lineup looks. Uh, 2 o'clock today they play uh, in Austin. Are they going to have, uh, do you think they're going to have uh, the, the former coach throw out uh, throw Man, out first that, pitch in one of the dude, games? that would be stick in the night. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, that'd be a big firing shot right there. I yeah. hope they do it just for the rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, did you see the uh, somebody posted a photo on Twitter? I saw this morning. Um, Stephen Smith, he's played for the Red Raiders. Course, he's and, been on know, the show, right? Bowl, yeah, yeah right. and he's um, where there was some. It was in one of the UT players with the umpire in between them, and nice. uh, it was some moment of tension. And you know when Smith played for Tech. Anyway, I just thought just watching that reminded me of why this is such a great series of just the you know just the lot of lot of bad blood there. And if if that guy ends up throwing out the first pitch, and I mean, can you imagine the? Oh, boy, that's. Uh, that, that, I've already started to imagine what it's going to be like when they come here. Yeah, play oh, at yeah. the USA. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think everybody's got that uh, day circle in the calendar. Um, uh, let's see here. Tadlock started two years at shortstop for Tech. Shortstop. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So I don't doubt he could have been the catcher and the pitcher right. playing the shortstop. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you better mention Sean got that because you didn't acknowledge who gave us Uh that piece of information. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Sean's wearing his Cleveland Browns hat for the NFL draft. Um, (laughs) You know, he wore that, you know, five years ago. I'll give him that. You know what I mean? When they were... He's the a long suffering Browns yeah. fan. So you're not you're not a bandwagon fan. That's you're right. you are a true Welcome real to the bandwagon. Come yeah. on board. All right. No, thank you. Um does that mean I have to root for the Browns? No thanks. All right. Uh, Jarrett, um Hey yeah, man, Michael Parsons <laughs> and they pick up a picked up an extra third round pick. I could talk for five hours about the Cowboys, we'll so don't get me started, all right? We'll talk about that seven, Okay. Yeah, yeah, but well, uh, you know what actually we're gonna talk so much sports. I'm gonna talk so much recruiting later on. I'm gonna. This may be the best thing you'll hear from me today, <laughs> and I want to give you uh, basically a uh, music suggestion. Yeah. Charlie Crockett, Texan musician. You're not gonna hear him on the radio, but he's from the Rio Grande Valley. He lives in Austin now. Uh, grew up a lot in, in Dallas, so you hear that influence too. Those of you from Dallas, you know that Dallas sound when you hear that deep bell sound. Uh, country blues. I'm going to see him actually in Hamilton next month, so I'm really excited. Uh, he's he's my favorite musician right now. I can't 
Uh, basically, I try and listen to somebody else. I got to go back to Charlie Crockett. And he's proclaims to be a direct descendant of Char- of uh, Davy Crockett, who was king of the wild frontier. There you go. So uh, this guy, uh, there's some New Orleans influence uh, in, in his music. I just, I really, I can't recommend it enough. During COVID, uh, he's a live musician. That's really how you have to hear him. But during COVID, you know, of course, when there weren't a lot of live shows, he did a lot of stuff on YouTube that was amazing. I just cannot recommend him enough. Go check it out. I know, you know we are ultimately a music station, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I just felt like you know if I didn't mention this, I, I you know I'd be doing people wrong. You know, I mean, right. I know when, you know when I was five, who could drive fifty five? Right. You know, <laughs> no. uh, who actually sang whether it was Van, Van Halen or Sammy Hagar or yeah. Winnie sang whatever. <laughs> but I I do uh, love music. I love Texas music especially, and uh, Charlie Crockett. I just cannot recommend him enough. All right. Well, there you go, man. The bonus music tip today. Yeah. Man, I like that. All I right. love music's a passion of mine. Yeah. I just, sports came a little easier to me than music, yeah. but my whole family, yeah. a bunch of musicians and everything. Yeah, music's the best. I'm same same way. I love, love music. Love sports and music, you know? Yep. Two of the best things there are. All right. Uh, coming up here in a few minutes in, it is our rockin' interview today. Um, Red Raider basketball's newest player, Adonis Arms. And uh, Jarrett and Pete talk with him, and uh, that is coming up next. Or is it just Jarrett? Yeah. No, it's just Jarrett. Okay. Just Jared. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's actually really nice. It's really, a, it's all about Adonis, man. He was great. Okay, well, cool. Well, let's uh, get to know one of Tech's newest basketball players. It's the Rockin' Interview. The Rockin' Pregame Show. I'm Jared Johnson, and we're joined by new incoming basketball transfer, Adonis Arms. Adonis, man, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Good to be here. Hey, uh, before we get started at basketball, I have to ask you, because through the recruiting process, this came up a lot. A lot of Texas Tech fans really took note of this. Your name, Adonis Arms, is one of the better ones I've come across. What, have your parents, did they break down why they named you Adonis? Uh, no, I've never really, huh, I don't know. I'm not really <laughs> too curious on why my name is Adonis Arms. I never really asked my mom, like, why did you name me this? But um, a lot of my teammates, they don't even call me arms. They just be like Adonis legs or something like that. <laughs> so, like, um, that's the only thing I know about my name uh, for right now. Do you get that a lot? People ask you about your name. Yeah, they're always like, it's always some type of joke. Like, where's Mister Arms? Or like, did you lose your arms or something like that? Like, something I'm always to do with my last name. But I think it's funny. Um, I, I just laugh about it. It's cool. All right, for the uninitiated out there, people, uh, you must be living under a rock here if you, if you haven't heard about Adonis signing with Texas Tech. But he averaged uh, over 10 points, 4.5 rebounds, almost 2 assists, and a steal uh, last season at Winthrop. And, uh, you know, uh, your, your shooting percentage was really, really good. And I found interesting, though, just the rotation, the way they, they played so many people at Winthrop and that uh, – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you averaged around 17 minutes and still was able to produce all that. Is, is that right? And how did that work out? Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, Coach Kelsey, he just had a different system. Um, he thought that we could really just um, beat teams because we had so much depth and talent on that uh, winter team this past year. So he chose to do like a 12-man rotation. Um, I'm not really you know used to 12 guys playing more like maybe the most maybe seven or eight um but uh i just had to get adjusted to that and adjust my game to it and still be effective when i was on the floor you know speaking of your game uh you know you're just looking at the the stats i mean it speaks to versatility but 
Well, why don't you describe your game for us? What do you bring to the court? Um, I think I can bring everything. I think I can bring a little bit yeah, of everything. Shooting, attacking the rim, finding open teammates, rebounding, pushing the ball in transition. Um, again, finding teammates, um, making the right decision. Obviously, I'm not perfect, so I'm going to have mistakes, but I try to make the best play um, every single time. If that's me scoring, my teammates scoring, um, you know, getting a defensive stop, uh, talking, something to affect the game in a, in a positive way, I think I can do. Now, you're listed at six foot six, and it looks like you made a huge weight gain uh, in the weight room. Can you just, is that right? Are you six six, about 205 pounds, and can you uh, break down just that, that transformation? Yeah, um, I, I literally just started growing a couple of years ago, to be honest, and uh, all credit. Uh, for the 205, that was the Eli Foy. Um, he's at College of Charleston right now. Um, his mentality of me coming into the away room and getting me to where I wanted to be at the time and uh, basically just locking the door and throwing away the keys um, for me to gain that weight was uh, incredible. Um, all credit goes to him for that, uh, for that process. And, um, yeah, man, me growing um, – I don't know how it happened, but it just happened. Uh, I had a lot of growth pains. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm just blessed for it. We actually had a question from somebody uh, uh, relatively recently about what kind of impact can a strength and conditioning coach have? And can you kind of break down for us the difference between possible, you know, in terms of strength and conditioning coaches and what a really good one can do for you? Um, I think – I think they all can benefit you. It just depends on how bad you want it for yourself because, I mean, they can tell you what to do and they can write it on the board and stuff like that, like what exercises and stuff to do. But outside of the weight room, you got to make sure that you're still eating right. You're still, you know, getting enough sleep, drinking water and stuff like that to bring more effect to the weights when you're actually lifting. Um, I think with Eli, he just made an emphasis on, like, protein shakes, making sure we're eating, and when we go into the, the weight room that we give out all effort because, you know, like, working hard is the, the formula. You know, there's no cheat codes. There's no shortcut. So he made it very clear that, you know, we're going to come in every day, work hard. Like, the weights was very hard. Like, this year I went through it was probably the hardest I've ever done with weights, but it came out with a great uh, result and me gaining 20 pounds. Um oh over a year so i take that every single time but i just think it's more on yourself and um more just focused on yourself if you lift weights and then you go out and eat like i don't know hot fries or like cake you're not really gonna gain the weight that you want so i think it's just based on yourself really yeah that's what i've heard whether it be football basketball whatever track is that yeah you could lift but if you don't if you're not getting the right sleep if you're not eating right it's not gonna you're not going to get the result you want. So that's exactly that's cool. All right, we're joined by Adonis Arms, incoming basketball transfer. Uh, Adonis, let's get to your recruitment. What made you choose Texas Tech? Uh, I chose Texas Tech uh, based off of trust, opportunity, and exposure. Um, talking to my family members, close family members, coaches, uh, they just thought that, you know, with – uh, open window of uh, communication with Coach Adams and Coach Peary that I will be in a good situation and I will be somewhere where I can flourish and uh, make my dreams actually come true. Um, 
Texas Tech also shows, uh, I was saying this a, a few days ago, um, Coach Adams, uh, he had some uh, comedian-like features <laughs> to his personality, and that made my mom and sister laugh. And, you know, my mom and sister are really good people. They're cool, but, you know, to make them laugh, like, constantly over a Zoom call, it made me feel good to see that. So um, just the comfort level of uh, Coach Perry recruiting me from uh, – then ending you to go to Portland State um, before he got the Texas Tech uh, job. I know it was really comfortable for me to talk to him every day, and you know, um, you know, just just build that relationship. Still, uh, the trust factor was something I had to uh, trust my gut with uh, because obviously I don't know them like that. I know Coach Fury because he was recruiting me, but Coach Adams, I had to build that over. Uh, a Zoom call and, you know, trust is something that is built over time and me and him talk every day still, so that's good. Um, but I just think it was those three things, man, just trust, opportunity, and exposure. What is Coach Peary like? Because he's, you know, relatively new uh, here in Raiderland. How would you describe him as a, as a coach and, and a guy? Um, I would describe him as somebody that's driven. Um, he's really, really funny. Me and him can't have a conversation on the phone without laughing throughout the whole thing uh he's really intense also um when it's time to get down to business but he's just a cool dude in my opinion i think uh texas tech and the raider nation is gonna really love him uh he's a cool dude man um yeah he's just funny he's a cool guy what other schools were involved in your recruitment who else were you uh thinking about uh byu iowa state um uh, University of Arkansas, Oklahoma State, uh, and University of Portland, Nickel State, um, Nevada. Uh, that's about it. As long as I can get off the top of my head. No, uh, you're, you actually had to sit out a year, uh, for transferring. And now, man, the transfer portal, the new transfer rules. I was just interested to, you know, get your opinion on, what this because for me to cover it it's like the wild west man <laughs> i just i'm yeah. curious uh, from the other end of the spectrum uh from a recruit uh perspective what do you think about the, these new rules and the portal and everything uh, i think it's cool man i think um i think it's cool um i don't think redshirting is a bad decision you know for some guys you know for myself i think it was a good decision but i think the the rule of immediate play is cool um for guys that want to leave their school, whether it's like a coaching change or they just don't feel comfortable being at the school that they're at um, because of whatever reason, I think it's cool that they can um, they can choose where they want to go and play immediately if that's what they want to do. So um, NCAA, I think, did a good job doing that and giving uh, athletes the ability to express that. Adonis, give us an idea of your journey uh, to get to Texas Tech because I was just looking, and correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, I was looking at your bio and everything and kind of going through some of the stops you've made. It, it, your hometown was listed as Milwaukee, is that correct? That's correct. And then you went to high school in Arizona, is that right? That's, yeah, that's correct. All right, and then you went on to Mesa Community College? Yes, sir. And then Idaho, uh, Northwest... Yes, all right, and then of course South Carolina, and now Texas. Man, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Just from your perspective, man, what what has this journey been like for you? 
it's been long, man, but it's, it's a journey that I keep going to achieve my dream. Um, I think me moving from uh, Milwaukee to Arizona was a, a, a life changer in, in a small aspect. Um, but me going to, like you said, Mesa Community College, then you go to a D2 school in Idaho, and then from that D2 school, you go across the country to South Carolina, and then you end up in the middle of the country at Texas. So I think those stops were just something that, you know, I, I'll do it again if it makes my dream come true uh, to take care of my mom and little sister. So, um, you know, I'll do anything for my dream, and I'll keep fighting for it. But that's not the ideal route, you know, to go be <laughs> one or, or to make your dreams possible. But, you know, everybody's route is different. Absolutely, man. Everybody's got, you know, their own journey. What what would you say you learned from all hopping around and all the different cultures, I mean, around the country off the court? Uh, I would say uh, be true to yourself because um, everywhere you go, uh, I just feel like if you're the same person and, you know, you're laughing or however you act, I just think that carries a, a lot more weight than what you do on the court and how you dribble a basketball. Um I think for me, myself, I'm real goofy, funny. I like having a good time, playing Fortnite, 2K, eating crab legs, listening to music. And I just do that everywhere I go. And I just bring a lot of people with me. Um, I think at each spot, though, uh, there's a new challenge, new adversity that you have to overcome and figure out a way to overcome that. And once you do that, more, door, more doors will open for you. Um, I just think that's a great thing. Um, like I say all the time, I just give all glory to God and, and grace to Him for giving me the opportunity to go to each spot and, and do well and flourish and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're joined by Adonis Arms, new incoming basketball transfer. Adonis, uh, you mentioned your dream a couple of times during this interview. What is, what is your ultimate goal? What are your dreams? Uh, my dream is to eventually get drafted into the NBA and have a long, long career in the NBA and take care of my mom and little sister. Um, that's always been a dream of mine. That's always been my number one goal. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to just keep fighting until I get there. Don, so you mentioned you play 2K. So do I with my, with my boy. What what team do you use? I'm, I'm from Dallas, so I'm a Mavericks fan. Who uh, who do you use? I'm from, I'm from Milwaukee, so I use the Bucks. Of course. Greek freak, right? Yes, sir. All right. And then finally, who taught you how to play? I like when once people get to this level, I like to ask them, like, where did you learn to play and who, who really taught you how to play basketball? Uh, I think my mom taught me how to shoot. Kobe taught me how to play. And <laughs> um, I think video games taught me how to read everything. Um, I think uh, it, was a, it was a little bit of everything. But my mom had a majority of, the, the shooting, she always tells me to, you know, like, after you release, act like you're, like, swimming when you, like, move your arm down, <laughs> stuff like that. So she, she gave me that little piece of advice, and it works. Um, Kobe, watching his videos, watching him play when I was uh, younger, just gave me the inspiration to play this game and his workout videos and stuff like that. I would try it um, outside or, you know, like, in Milwaukee, there was snow all the time, so you would move the snow and I'll just drill my ball hopefully where there's not enough snow and stuff like that and watch him um, so yeah that's pretty much it 
All right. Hey, Adonis, man. Thank you so much for your time on this interview. I'm looking forward to seeing you play. Hey, thank you for having me, and uh, I can't wait to get out there. God bless. All right. Adonis Arms, newest player for Texas Tech basketball. And which high school and transfer athletes does Mark Adams need to target next? Well, Jared has the answers coming up. Who do we want now? <laughs> All right, yeah, always uh, always new players out there, and uh, nearly 2,000 student-athletes still in the transfer portal, and uh, Coach Adams working hard to uh, lure some of those guys here. So we got an uh, update on uh, you know the portal and uh, what guys that Tech is really in on. There's uh, a JUCO player that uh, looks pretty amazing Tech is in on. We'll find out about that, and then plus some high school targets as well. Let me ask you right quick, though. With 2,000 guys in the portal, it, I feel like this is a, a giant game of musical chairs. Is there any danger that some guy ends up with no home now? I mean, is there enough spots to for everybody to land ultimately? Because you know, you got incoming high school guys, and you know, are there, is there a chance you could be left out? I think there's. It's not that there's a chance. It's an inevitability that when the music stops, there's going to be some guys without chairs, without yeah. spots. I mean, yeah. that's. But the NCAA has done some things. It's hard for me to brag on the NCAA too much, to be honest. But uh, to give you, here's an example I think for that Red Raiders could understand is that one thing they did was, so if you're a super senior, meaning you're coming back for another senior season after the blanket waiver the NCAA did in terms of eligibility, it didn't count. Uh, so Marcus Santosilva is coming back for another senior season, and he's returning to the same program. Then your scholarship doesn't count against the, the limit. The 13 guy. limit. So you yeah. can have 14 scholarship guys if you're willing to make that uh, investment. You know, make you still gotta you still gotta pay their scholarship. And tech probably is tech right. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes, tech is def- they're they're at the, they're at the big boy table, uh, obviously in terms of uh, uh, their investment. It is interesting though when you see this many guys in the, in the portal, and and you know there's <laughs> somewhere down the line there's going to be a handful of guys left that are they're the ones going. Yeah. Dang man, nobody wanted. I mean, what a what a terrible. Thing. I think most people what they're worried about is like when we just had Adonis Arms on, who was great by the way, uh, who I'm really excited about. I think most Red Raider fans are, but are like the Winthrop's. And we're about to talk about a guy from Hampton who Tech's targeting. Are those mid-majors basically just going to be a farm system for the Texas Techs, the Kansases? Yeah. And the answer is probably, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is. You know? Yeah, it's interesting really how it's evolving to really kind of yeah. become that. That's, I mean, yeah. like the five-star guy, big man coming from uh, like North Carolina, I believe going to Auburn or whatever, that's going to be few and far between compared to the uh, grown-ups, the guys that are older than a lot of guys of the NBA coming up from the mid-majors to augment what uh, te- even teams like North Carolina or Kansas, they're going to have safe spots mm-hmm. for transfers. Yeah. So that they're going to augment what, what they already have, what they're getting from the high school ranks. All right, so uh, starting with the portal, um, it's not even so much of you know what needs or something or who Tech might get. I mean, they're actually in well, they're a in lot awesome of guys, guys in the yeah. portal. Yeah, well, of course, they've already signed Chandler Jacobs and Adonis Arms. We've talked about them, but uh, the big name right now in terms of making uh, headlines is Devontae Jones. Um, and he, uh, Coastal Carolina star, point guard. Um, he's down to four schools. He's deciding tomorrow. Michigan, Texas, Memphis, and Tech are, are involved. So big dogs. Now, everybody expect well, not everybody, but the word is, is Michigan leads for him. Okay. All right. So, I, I you know, and that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Jawan Howard does a really good job recruiting there all the way around. He's so far, he's been very successful. 
Um, I was a big fan of the Fab Five, by the way. Yeah. Off topic here, back right, in the day, right. you know, I, I rooted for them, you know, uh, especially like Jalen Rose. Man, a couple dudes they got they had from Texas too. I really liked them. Part of that, uh, like Jimmy King and Ray Jackson. Anyways, I can go on forever about Put that. Chris era. Weber on the Chris Webb. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I I dislike Chris Webber now because of his time with the Kings. So you don't even want to talk about. I don't. Him. Want, I'm just avoiding him. Of course, he was the you know the, probably the best player on that team, yeah. but. Uh, no, Weber, yeah, when he, he was the king. He did call the timeout, though, in that Matt, famous, Matt, yeah. right, Matt fan for life, but uh, no, Weber's fine. I just, yeah. you know, that all the all the battles they had in the playoffs kind of <laughs> soured me on him. But no, I love that, that Fab Five yeah. team. I, I like what Jawan Howard's doing there at Michigan. But some other guys to mention for sure, this guy I'm really excited about, and but I'm cautiously optimistic, is Bryson Williams. He's a big man. He's a forward out of UTEP. Now, I thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to follow his head coach to Texas. All right? Uh, but Texas may be full, actually. So okay. I think, you know, I'm telling you there's a chance. Right. I think Texas Tech might be a very good, um, you know, other option. And this guy, you know, big-time scorer, rebounder, defender, he's the big everyone's clamoring for. How, how tall is he? 6'9", 6'10". Okay, so you know? okay. Yeah, but he plays bigger than that, you know. I mean, he's he's a legitimate big man. He okay. really is. Uh, so, I, you know, there's several... Everybody wants... Everybody's looking for a big man. It's like an awesome defense alignment or something in football, you know, like... Once those guys are out there, everybody's you know fighting and vying for him. Uh, <clears throat> Davion Warren really showed up on the ra- radar. He's a guard from Hampton. You know, I mentioned Hampton earlier. Twenty, uh, I think it was like a twenty-point score for Hampton. High usage guy, um, and you know he he actually tweeted out himself in some tech gear here. Uh, what I guess. April, this April time loop. I think it was yesterday, <laughs> yesterday or the day before. And honestly, he wasn't on my radar before that. But doing some digging after seeing that, yeah, uh, Tech is Tech is heavily in the mix for Warren. He's another one of those guards. You need more firepower. You still do. I know there's still the thought that McClung and or Shannon uh, could come back. But I still, I don't. You can't just be like, you know, oh, they're they might come back. They'll be all right. No, you still need firepower. You're going to compete if you want to compete in the Big Twelve and the NCAA tournament. It's still a guard-oriented or dominated game or sport, uh, in my opinion. And uh, this is the kind of guy who could really help out the cause, uh, supply that firepower. And speaking of that, guard firepower, uh, Bryce Hamilton, a UNLV transfer. He's testing NBA waters, so you may not find out about him till like June or July or something. Yeah. But Tech is heavily in the mix for him. So those are who, in terms of just from the transfer portal, that I'm really focusing on that we know that tech is recruiting hard. Okay. All right. Now then, uh, so that's transfer portal. Then uh, there's a, a, a highly rated Juco guy that Absolutely. tech is in on. This is one of the more interesting recruits I've ever seen, to be honest, because he didn't play high school ball. And he didn't because he had basically uh, not a heart problem, but he had um, he, he basically has the makeup, he has the, the genetics the genetic makeup that his father has in terms of being susceptible to heart problems and playing on the court. It's actually cost a lot of people uh, their careers. You know, you, basically, you don't want, you know, the heart explosion type thing. Is that the, who's that, Hank Gathers? Hank Gathers, that absolutely. That's who always comes to, yeah. yes, comes to mind. Yeah. And that's, I believe, I'm no doctor, <laughs> math, medicine, not my strong suits, uh, but I believe it's it's at least a similar case. It's right. that type of deal. Yeah, okay. Right. But, he uh, since was had been cleared by doctors that yes, while he it could happen. This is you know in terms of he has the uh, genetics to where he could be predisposed to having that problem. They they cleared him, so 
he so he's playing junior college. That's how he ended up at junior college. What's his name? Langston Wilson, six okay. nine, two hundred pounds. So he needs a bulk up, but his potential is such that he is the number two rated junior college player in the country for the class. All right, and the number one power forward uh, from the junior college ranks. And so, and I believe Sean and I both have heard this that it's between it's down to uh, Tech and Maryland for him. So you get him. You start, man. Your roster really starts coming together. I mean, you think about the, you know, the other uh, Ford and KJ Allen. Um, I already mentioned Chandler Jacobs, Adonis Arms. Uh, you know, uh, man, Duncan, the local guy for some perimeter scoring. You know, I mean, you start really, uh, things start really coming together for Texas Tech. Hey, so at Langston Wilson, I, I've noticed there's been like you know crystal ball. Uh, yes. predictions and things like that. Was Alabama in on this guy at some point? Yes. Or what, what's yeah, the story he there? was actually, well, to give you the idea as a recruitment, he was actually committed to Memphis at one point and then okay. decommitted. And yeah, and then Alabama as well has been in on. But those crystal balls were very accurate, 24-7 sports, yeah. but not always accurate. Okay. So so this, so you could say, so Tech, Maryland, and still maybe Alabama still somewhere out there. Sure. Maybe. Okay. All right. Well. You're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. No, Tech is very uh, has a very good chance. Okay, but I'm not saying it's a done deal. No, but they're definitely fighting there. Big time in the mix. Player, yes. Okay, that's what you like here. I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking to him every day. You know, multiple. You know, different assistants. I mean, this is a big time recruitment. It's very important for them. You know what? I always wonder. You know, if, if you're recruiting a guy and you're talking to him every day or whatever, you know, he's just like, "Hey, man, just checking in. How's it going?" Or, I mean. You know, do they just check in and talk about life, or do they go? Yeah. Gosh, you know, I'll give really? you an example. Even like I wasn't recruiting him, but I was getting updates. There were a couple of guys, uh, Matt Mooney was one. When he was getting recruited by Tech, it was uh, it was it was Tech and Northwestern and Creighton, and he was every day. It was like a new leader was being reported. So, and he's just he just loves to talk basketball, and he's just a nice guy. You mm-hmm. know, and, and Mooney is in general. Uh, so we would talk almost every day or every other day, and sometimes yeah. he would initiate where we would, whether it be messages or a phone conversation, and it was just to get an idea of, you know, what he was thinking. Yeah. And but we talked music, uh, family, whatever, and I've done that with, uh, you know, you you I play uh, video games with some of some yeah. of them, and some of the I'm not supposed to say this, but they've graduated now. Any, any tech people out there listening? If a tech player asks me to play Madden with them, I'm probably going to do it. All right, so I'll just say right now there's not anybody, but I have several players like uh, uh, Call of Duty and play Madden and everything, and you yeah. just talk about you know you just talk about life. You just basically you know you become friends. You so I mean? so coaches when they're recruiting, I mean they're they're just it's a lot of conversation. Right. Obviously they're going to talk about what you would do on our team, what we see you doing, and that kind but of stuff. But you can't do it every day. Like, all right, this is our play for you. Right, yeah. Yes, right. We want you to score 20 points a game, and yeah. I want to remind you, we still want you to score 20 points a game. I mean, yeah, that's, why, stuff. that's yeah. why, I mean, people say don't commit to a coach, but I find that so difficult because, and it's true in, in, in one respect. In another, though, I mean, you're going to go play for who you're comfortable for and yeah. who you trust. Right. You know, and, I mean, how do you get comfortable with somebody and trust them? You know what I mean? And that's how you're going to give information or talk to who you trust, you know, yeah. and who's around, you know, who's yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, it's not just. It's not it's, just X's and X's and O's. This is how we yeah, see you or, or always yeah. selling. I mean, you're always selling, but not if you're a coach recruiting. Yeah. But, 
it's not like look at our facilities, look at our what, yeah, what we have to offer. Go, Man, yeah. we get that Waffle Center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Coach told me about that <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, but did I tell you how how really awesome it yeah, is? Yeah, uh, <laughs> see, that just wouldn't work. I mean, right. it'd be too fake. So you got to be a little smoother than that. And it sounds like I mean, we heard Adonis Arms talk about. Uh, how much, how funny Adams was, how funny Peary was, yeah, yeah. and how he, uh, Coach Adams making his uh, his mom and sister laugh was one of the, like basically one of the ways that he didn't word it like this, but this is the way I took it that Adams closed him. Yeah, was you know making making his his family laugh. You know, yeah, it's and and I think stuff like that is such a great. Uh, glimpse into the inside of what yeah. really happens recruiting because like that i mean you know you see adams and press conferences and the introductory thing and you know and you think oh man cool he's he seems like a good west texas dude right but but you know you don't really but i mean we hear a guy say that though about him he made my mom laugh and think that really yeah. gives you a sense of what kind of guy he I had, really is. That's i've cool. had i don't know how many conversations this week just with basketball recruits about adams and peary and coach williams and I will say the one thing I came away, or two things I came away from this, uh, from all these conversations is one, they can recruit. These guys really like them. And it's, it's key words you hear, um, that you want to hear that, that I'm hearing. And two, anybody worry? I said this earlier. Pete kind of looked at me and like laughed, but, uh, anybody worried about Adams, his age, have enough energy to recruit, at least initially, that is not an issue or a concern of mine. I mean, they are working their butts off in terms of recruiting. I mean, the yeah, I can't keep up with it. It's one of the harder jobs in terms of basketball. Football recruiting, the numbers are what they are. But basketball, uh, they're, uh, the, the amount of energy they're, they're using, uh, how hard they're working is about as hard working as I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Right That's now. good. So, I actually have some high school guys, too. Yeah, I was we about to time. ask you. Yeah, real quick here. We still got a little bit of time here. But, yeah, some high school targets. Man, uh those wanting tech to recruit big men, you know, look, obviously they're looking to that in the future. A couple of guys I interviewed, one, and they're actually teammates in summer ball. They just played out in this uh, exposure tournament last weekend in Atlanta and really showed out. One is 6'9 center Zach Keller, who I really like. He's really, he's a guy who's going to end up with like 40, 50 offers by the time it's done. Uh, he's a, I think he's a fringe three, four star guy right now. Uh, and his teammate, uh, who, man, I really like is Jackson Kohler, and they just re-offered him. So both these guys just picked up offers. They're summer ball, uh, teammates. Uh, he's a six, eight power forward. He's one of the more classic back to the basket kind of guys. Uh, if you like, uh, Jokic at Denver, Nikola Jokic, that kind of guy you could pass. He could step out and knock down threes, but he's a very good back to the basket kind of guy. Then you'll, you'll like, this is a, starter kit type version because he's not seven foot he's six eight but uh jackson kohler he really likes texas tech he really liked texas tech the previous staff before and they kind of ghosted him now adams i i think i don't know if it was adams or peary but somebody was out there in atlanta at this tournament and they saw them play and re-offered kohler and uh kohler likes tech but he's got he's a four-star guy he's a top 100 guy he's got offers coast to coast uh, he's from utah but this is a guy that if they really full court press and go after, I think they could end up landing. I really like uh, Kohler a lot. And then staying closer to home, I actually caught up with Brendan Housen this morning um, from Amarillo, uh, Amarillo High. He's a 6'4", shooting guard, three-star, but, man, he's got offers from like Oklahoma. Uh, like Oklahoma State, I think, is – I don't know if they've offered, but they're recruiting him hard. Houston's offered. They're recruiting him hard. And, and then Texas Tech just re-offered Mark Adams himself – Reoffered Brendan Housen yesterday. 
So, because it could get confusing, because you go like to these guys' profiles. These these are class of 2022, so they're juniors to going to be seniors next year. Um, and if they have offers from Texas Tech listed from before April, basically, mm-hmm. then it was the previous staff. So it's hard to go through and be like, all right, it does, is this still a committable offer? Because right, it's a different yeah. coaching staff. Now, the guy, all the guys I just mentioned are new offers. Uh, though Kohler and Housen were both were offered by both versions of the staff, like the, okay. the, the last staff and then Adams. And you know what? I, I was really impressed with what Housen said about Coach Adams. Um, he said he really likes Coach Adams. He likes his energy. Uh, he likes the fact that uh, his vision for Texas Tech, the future of his program, because uh, Ulrich Malagai, the assistant coach who's followed Beard to to Austin, was really have like big in Brendan Housen's recruitment. He's a you know most of the guys uh, Malagai was was a big part of the recruitment. So I was really concerned for Tech where they would stand. But uh, he said he hadn't talked with the new assistants yet, but that Adams made a huge impression on him yesterday, um, and that he. Uh, Definitely, Tech is still in the mix, and he's excited to see what uh, the Red Raiders are going to do under under Coach Adams. All right, man, that's some good stuff there. All right, is there what? Is there more? Jai Smith. Don't put a price on it yet. Jai Smith. It's a free set of Ginzu knives. If we, I can keep going. I could, I, I could do this two hours in just basketball recruiting. I got more football recruiting as well. But uh, Jai Smith is a six nine power forward from New York. Man, he's got offers. His offer list is not. He he's a three star recruit, but he's got offers from like everybody. It's a it's really more of a four or five star type offer list, yeah. and he was actually bemoaning that to me. This when I talked to him this morning, early on the phone, and he was like, "Man, you were twenty four seven. Help me." He said, "Hook a brother up." And I said, "I'll do what I can." You know, I really want to see you in person for sure at some point in one of these tournaments or something. But man, he he's a Corey Williams recruit. Corey Williams has been recruiting him. He recruited him when he was at Arkansas, uh, you know, Texas Tech new assistant. He really likes Coach Williams. He hasn't gotten an opportunity to to talk with Coach Adams yet, but he really likes Texas Tech. He likes, uh, you know, obviously when they made that run, uh, so he's familiar uh, with them through the Final Four run, and Coach uh, Williams has told him about what, you know, Adams is playing for the program and all that, and he said despite having all these offers, probably that he will end up taking an official to Tech. All right. But nice. as well as Texas. So this is going to be a head-to-head. There's yeah. going to be a lot of that, but this is going to be a head-to-head deal. Yeah. So All right. he really likes the basketball. You know, Big 12 basketball, it's like it's so different than uh, Big 12 football recruiting. I mean, you really – anybody who's good considers the Big 12 yeah. in, in basketball. Yeah. Football, it's like – Maybe everybody considers leaving. You know? Well, that's why he didn't see any any Big Twelve players in the first round of the NFL draft. There right? you go. Yeah. I mean, all right. Well, that's a great uh, basketball recruiting updates there. Uh, later on uh, in the Rocket pregame today, we'll have some uh, some of the uh, football recruiting that's going on. Coming up next, how about some Texas Tech track and field? You know, the track and field team nice. is like one of the I mean, you know, one of the m- more successful programs Tech has right now. So always want to be sure and give them some love as well. So uh, we'll hear from Coach Kitley. And uh, some updates on what's happening with Texas Tech track. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher, Jared Johnson. The Beard Sports Director, Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Texas Tech Track and Field. All right, so uh, here we go. Pete's got an update on uh, Texas Tech track and field, and I mean, this is one of the top track programs in the nation, and uh, we wouldn't be doing it right if we didn't uh, 
acknowledge uh, what's going on with track and field. Yeah, Wes Kitley does a great job. They're uh, excited about the home finale. It's dubbed the Corky Crowfoot Shootout. It starts today and then, of course, goes into Saturday, and it you know it's kind of gets these guys ready as uh, man it's already getting time for the uh you know the ncaa's and such so uh you know we talked to wes kitley and of course uh, first we talked about the 200 meter sprinter kareem bartley yeah i mean 2042 that's his personal best ever his first 200 of the year uh you know uh he's been hobbled just a little bit you know he can tell you a little more about it. it's not really an injury but he's been bothered by some stuff so we've we've really brought him along really slow and I can't tell you how encouraged I am with him. Uh, even yesterday in practice, me watching him, I mean, he's he's ready to run, and he had a great 200. His speed is, is really good. He's going to run the 400 this week, uh, and uh, I think he's going to run fast. I think he's ready to really run, and you're about to see the best of Kareem. Well, and then uh, we talked to him about uh, Shanae and uh, you know the, the breakout she's had in the pole vault. Yeah, she struggled all year. I mean, it's it's very obvious, and she'll be the first to tell you. But uh, you know, I think part of it's just this this layoff. You know, I think some of our fifth year, sixth year tights that haven't gotten to compete much, and for some kids, that whole nine months of layoff bothered them more than others. And uh, I think she's just had a hard time. Uh, her steps have been off all year, but uh, Tom also changed it to to six lefts. Instead of seven or eight, we shortened her run uh, this past week, and she just, you know, as you saw, vaulted great. So the uh, Corky Crowfoot shootout today and tomorrow, it's the regular season finale, the home finale, and then that leads to the Big 12 championships in mid-May, and then the NCAAs out at Fuller Track. So uh, uh, an important time this weekend because it's the last time at home for 24 seniors Tomorrow will be Senior Day. Uh, you know Coach Kitley's got special bonds with these folks, and uh, he talked about those 24 seniors. Well, this is a special group for me uh, because, you know, they came back. A lot all, A lot of these kids were, were done with their degrees, and when the COVID hit, they decided to take that extra year. And so, uh, and what a tough year it has been. I mean, people have no idea what these kids have gone through and especially them because some of them haven't run an outdoor since 18. They didn't even get, you know, Kaylee Hinton was hurt in 19, and Sarah was a little bit the same way on, on the women's side. And then, uh, But then those two are six-year people. So it just means everything to me. Uh, you know, I just love those kids because they've honored Texas Tech. They wanted to come back and do something uh, that they got cheated out of. And, and just stayed with it and just their, their perseverance. And then on the guy's side, you know, I mean, Kareem and them, they were they could have left. And uh, all, all those seniors, uh, I, it just means everything to me that they want to be a Red Raider and want to come back for another year. And, and then what they've gone through has been incredible. And for them to withstand all this, um, just really proud of them. And then Coach Kitley uh, expanded. Expanded? Expanded. Yeah, just gave more. Dave Moore talk expounded. Yes, expounded. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But anyway, he wanted to even talk more about the seniors. Just so proud of the perseverance that they have shown uh, to be be Red Raiders and to stick it out. And I think that's the the thing that's going to stick with me uh, with with this group because, like I say, they could have gone on with their lives 
and uh, they chose to come on back one last time. So I'm just really proud. Well, and of those 24 seniors, 11 of them are uh, what Kitley calls COVID seniors, the seniors who decided to return uh, you know, after last year was cut short. So kudos to those 11. Uh, Kitley also talked about uh, the sprinters uh, being healthy at the right time here near the end of the year. Well, our sprinters are. I mean, I've been really pleased, uh, you know, with our sprinters. And like I say, we had a good meet last week. It was kind of the first really test of running the 200 for Courtney and then the 100 for Jacoby. Uh, Courtney's been a little bit progressed. Uh, his injury happened earlier, so it's just really the timeline. But they both just have looked great. And then they came out of that meet, and we had really good practices Monday and Tuesday. And so, uh, yeah, I'm real encouraged, especially with that sprint group. And that was the ones we're more worried about. Uh, we still have some others that are that are out, and, and hopefully they're going to get back in the next two weeks. But uh, I am encouraged way more than I was because our strength, one of our strengths is our sprint group. From sprint relay, 100, 200, 400. And so uh, we need those guys. And so it's a right time. Looks like they're they're finally turning the corner, and it couldn't be at a better time. Of course, Coach Kitley, a mastermind. He helped uh, get the men that outdoor championship, the NCAA championship, a few years ago. And uh, he says he's got a different strategy he's going to use for this meet. We're going to try to run a relay. We haven't run a relay in a while. Both relays are going to run. And we're, we're changing the order on the four by one and we're going to try to run our best group that we've got. Uh, but we're, we're using this meet a little bit like the conference meets where they've got to run two races. And so, uh, some of them more, but we won't probably run anybody more than two. And, uh, that's going to be important just to get the work in because we have finals next week and then we head to, to K State the week after. So as long as these guys are healthy, we felt like we needed to kind of, kind of get a good, work weekend but also try to run some fast times a lot of a lot of good competition coming into town this week and coach kitley talked about uh who's going to be here we've got south plains and western and and new mexico junior college three great you know junior colleges that have really good stuff uh and then of course uh wayland and acu's coming they've run they're trying to break 30 40 flat i think at print relay and they've got some good good people in various events from the field events to there uh, Lubbock Christian, and that's that's about it. Eastern, there's a few stragglers, but and then there's several unattached people. I think in the throws, and we have uh, Nika McPherson in the high jump, and uh, you know there's just a few various things uh, that are unattached people because they don't get an opportunity to run hardly any meets this year with COVID. So they're going to add to the meet. And then we got to talk to sprinter Kareem Bartley, and uh, he talked about what he has to improve on and the improvements he's seen since he transferred over to Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, I think I think we have a lot, a lot of room to improve because if you, I mean, there's like a kind of like a small video, but like the curve, oh, my Lord, it, Courtney caught me from like five, seven steps in. So I can, if I can like improve on the curve for sure. And in terms of like improvement since I've been here at Tech, I think the weight room played a really big part in that because I think when I came here originally, I was like 150 and now I'm at like 163, like solid. My cleans have gotten better. My squats, you know, I've just gotten very stronger in the weight room. And he talked. Uh, Bartley talked about his own personal goal. Well, I want to get on. I don't know if you know the indoor track. They have like this wall in the left corner with all the Olympians. I'd like to go there. You know, I want to go on there and um, to make it to the Olympics. You know, that's like the 
the, the top of the top for athletics. And I've never been to a trial, you know, in Jamaica. I've never been during the trials. And I've just, I was not interested in that. It's coming out of high school, I was like 48.5. You know, I think I ran like 22.5 or something like that. So I wasn't really good in, you know, history of Jamaica. They're, they're bad. You know, so I didn't cut that standard, but I really want to be a Red Rail Olympic. Plus, I just want my picture up in the in the indoor, so everybody can see it. So big weekend! Uh, last time on the the home track for the twenty four seniors and uh, getting ready for the NCAA's in mid May, and then the NCAA, the the Big Twelve in mid May, and then the NCAA. So uh, good luck to Texas Tech men's and women's track. And uh, Wes Kitley always does a great job. All right, coming up next, we uh, talk some Red Raider baseball major series this weekend uh, down in Austin. So that's coming up next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Red Raider baseball on the road. Yep, the uh, Red Raiders on the road down in Austin. And uh, what a what a series this one could be. We're still speculating whether or not uh, they're going to have the guy that used to be the coach here throw out a first pitch in one of these games. Can you imagine the... Uh, that that would uh, that that would that really take it to another level. Would it, it would that would. And I, I could see them it doing it. But, oh, uh, totally. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But uh, a big series, regardless. I mean, you got number eleven Texas Tech and number three Texas. Uh, just some quick notes about the scheduling update with some potentially bad weather. Uh, today's game has been moved from seven p.m. to two p.m. It will be on the Longhorn Network, and then tomorrow's game at two thirty has been mush- moved up to noon. No word uh, what TV that's going to be on yet. And then the finale is Sunday, 2.30, also on the Longhorn Network. So maybe the only time I've ever watched the Longhorn Network. Yeah, I've tried watching that before, and it's it's tough watching. Hey, unless you like PSAs about sad dogs and <laughs> stuff. You know, you yeah. get a lot of that on there. But, uh, you know, well, I mean, nothing against the, you know, sad dogs. I'm just saying, you know. They, they have trouble filling. I don't like dogs. There, I've been pretty forthcoming yeah. on this show about that. I still love dogs, and I got bit by a I've, dog one time. I've Pete. come around, though, to liking a few dogs. Okay, well, that's, that's at least a start. So All right. so big series uh, today, and uh, we got to talk to uh, Tim Tadlock and Braxton Fulford. Fulford, Fulford uh, the Monterey grad, hit his ninth home run uh, on Wednesday. I think that's when you know, all these days run together. But when they beat New Mexico 10-4, he hit his ninth home run. And uh, we talked to Braxton about, uh, you know, the pressures and the importance of this series. I'm um, sure. You know, you always got to have a sense of urgency uh, about you. Um, you always got to be ready to attack and, you know, ready to play your best best baseball. Um, you know, there's no better time than now. And, um, yeah, I think we have a sense of urgency going into UT and, you know, any game really. And then, uh, you know, we talked about Nate Rombach, who's, uh, you know, finding his way back. Oh yeah, definitely. Nate, Nate's a he's a great hitter, um, but the thing with hitting is you go through ups and you go through downs, and um, you know he's he's never he's never stopped working since he's been out of the lineup, and you know I know he wants to be in there, um, but he'll figure it out soon enough. And for him to get up there and get a hit, that's just that's good for him. Hopefully so, he uh, continues to do well. So you know the Red Raiders lost two or three to Baylor, and uh, you know they got this big win over New Mexico. Hopefully that's going to springboard some good things here in Austin this weekend. And Fulford talked about the resiliency of this Red Raider team. Yeah, you know this team's resilient. Um, we've always had guys that are we call ourselves kind of bad boys, I guess. You know we're we're a scrappy ball team. 
um, and we don't we don't take defeat lightly. Um, you know, no competitor really does. Um, so yeah, to see us come out here and compete, I think it's only natural, and I think we're going to continue to compete um, every day and you know continue to play better and better baseball. Is he said they're bad boys. It made me think of that bad boys, bad boys. What, what you, you going to do, do when they come for you? Yeah. And then I just associate that with guys getting thrown down and put in handcuffs. So probably... And we'll sing more TV theme songs coming up later for you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously the Red Raiders are going to have to uh, get those bats hot in Austin. And Texas has some great pitchers, and, and Fulford spoke about that. You stick to your approach. You know, they're still amateurs. Um, you go up there, you see the ball, and you hit it. Can't get, can't get too much into the analytics, I'd say. Not at least right here. So Tech, uh, twenty-eight and ten overall, eight and seven in conference, uh, uh, three and three on the road. Let's see what they can do in in Austin. We talked to Tim Tadlock, and you know you got to play off of this big win over the Lobos on Wednesday. He talked about how his pitchers looked against the Lobos. I think any time you get get them on the slope and get them in game competition, it it should help. Uh, I was really proud of the way all of them threw the baseball. Uh, some of them had some adversity, some didn't. Thought they handled that just fine. Thought they continued to just try to execute pitches and uh, control what they can control. And uh, again, it's a nine-inning ball game. Thought the guys did a good job of competing today. So you know, last weekend, boy, uh, you you go to that Baylor game on Friday and you show up and it's already six nothing and they lose that first game twelve four. They come back, win game two four one. And then Sunday, man, Baylor took it to him again, 13-3. So maybe, you know, there's some concerns, some unraveling. And, uh, you know, to get that win over New Mexico now to, to launch pad to this weekend, uh, Tadlock talked uh, just, you know, how the game against the Lobos and the win helped to reset them for this Longhorn series. Obviously, the midweek games are always good. Um, I mean, we played some, like, just getting Max in there, playing Ron back today. Uh, I think it's really good, you know, to get those guys some at-bats. I think you always have good and bad in a weekend. And sometimes it's good for a guy to have some bad on a Tuesday, believe it or not, and or a Wednesday, and get them ready for the weekend or vice versa. Uh, so the reset's on both sides of it. Uh, these guys, uh, you know, they're not professionals. It's not a deal where they just show up and, give you one good quality at bat after another and one good inning on the mound after another. They're trying to learn how to do that. And uh, the more they play, the easier that is to do. Um, far as the weekend goes, I mean, we've been, you know, we our week's always about the same. We, we require, NCAA requires one day off. We usually do that on Monday, uh, either play or practice on Tuesday. And we got to practice yesterday and uh, play today, and which this time of years, the playing a game is generally it's a little more productive than a practice. And uh, you know, we already had heard uh, Braxton talk about Nate Romback and how he's battling his way back. And Tadlock talked about Nate's hit versus New Mexico that you know hopefully will help spark him forward. Hey, he's he's been working really hard. We spent a lot of time, um, you know flipping balls and you know and him swinging the bat and he's a very diligent young man and uh, prepares the right way and uh, the game sometimes is tough and uh, 
you know the you know the average as far as you know as far as a hitter goes you know it's just you're going to go through that i mean hitting something that's just not going to be there every day um and so again uh yeah could it spark something absolutely absolutely and then uh tadlock Talked about Texas. I mean, obviously, the Longhorns number three in the nation, a really solid team, and uh, he talked about the skill that they have on the mound. Well, I tell you, I mean, you're talking about there's a difference in the type of arms. Um, it's really more what our guys are used to seeing. It's more velocity um, instead of pitchability. Uh, it probably is arm strength with pitchability uh, with Madden, Stevens, and uh, Kubacek. All three of those guys and their bullpen arms. Um, obviously, you know they're they're good arms, and uh, at the same time, it's uh, you got to keep it simple. And they, I know they've thrown the ball awful well. I don't know how many people have actually beaten the guy on Friday, but I know we're going to line it up and and try to beat him. I mean, I can tell you that. I mean, it's it's uh, we're going down there to win the game, so we're not going down there just to say, hey, you're pitching so good, so. You know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to compete with them. I love that. That's awesome. That's classic Tadlock. Oh, yeah. so, and then he talked about, uh, you know, just slumps in general in baseball. The better at bats you can have within an at bat, within an inning, uh, the easier it sets you up to win games. And so, uh, again, but, you know, we also understand reality of it is, again, you're just not going to hit every day. I mean, you can come out and hit. I was at my son's game last night. I mean, they they hit the ball really hard and didn't score a run. You know, in, in opportunities when they had a chance to score, they just hit it right at people. And sometimes that's just the way the game is. Yeah, no doubt. He's talking about Lubbock Cooper's number two in the state beat Coronado one to nothing, and Coronado had chances and just couldn't get some hits uh, or get some runs across. So uh, Red Raiders today games at two o'clock. Uh, taken on Texas in Austin. Tomorrow's game moved up to noon, and then Sunday, 2.30, Red Raiders, huge series. It's always big when you take on Texas, and uh, maybe uh, the rivalry is uh, at, a, at a new peak now with the uh, you know the addition of that they stole, you know, whatever his name was. Yeah, that guy, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it should be a good series, and, and yeah, if you've uh, never watched the Longhorn Network before, this, this might be, uh, you know, an excuse to... Watch it at least for a couple of games this weekend. So, and then you can go back to uh, watching uh, actual uh, I watched other five games. Minutes, like five years ago, yeah. it was Shaka Smart doing push-ups. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still showing that rerun. Actually, yeah, that's that's quality quality entertainment right there on the Longhorn Network. So uh, enjoy that. All right, coming up next, it's uh, inside the Red Raiders recruiting. You know, we had uh, a lot of basketball news to report earlier in the Rock and pregame, and if you missed any of that. Uh, we always have the uh, the entire show uh, up at the conclusion of the Rock and Pregame. We'll have it up at 101thebeard.com where you can go back and listen to the podcast of the Rock and Pregame. But next, we uh, talk some new football offers in the world of football recruiting coming up on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. All right. <laughs> That's all I know. Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right, recruiting. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so we got some football stuff, some new football offers. And, and if we get some time, we might circle back and uh, hit some of the highlights of basketball recruiting in case you missed that earlier in the show. But for sure, football offers up first here. Actually, I want to go back to the recent portal edition. They 
uh, transfer edition they got. And I don't know, it seems like forever ago, once again, we're in this April time loop or whatever, uh, but it was last Friday uh, when Reggie Pearson announced he was com- he had committed to Texas Tech. And Reggie Pearson uh, is a five foot eleven, one hundred eighty five pound, hard hitting safety from Wisconsin. Uh, he actually led the Badgers, or not, didn't lead them, but he uh, was considered the hardest hitter on a Badgers defense uh, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, finished with sixty tackles, three and a half tackles for loss. Um, was a really good player, but then. Before the 2020 season, he was left off the Wisconsin roster and wasn't cleared medically to play because of an undisclosed, uh, I don't know if it was an illness or injury or, or what exactly, undisclosed issue. Um, so he wasn't cleared. And then back in Mar- just this last March, last month, last year ago, yeah. last month ago, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, he wasn't cleared again by Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin's doctors. So. He, you know, he said publicly he didn't want to leave Wisconsin. He loved it there. He was a standout player as a redshirt freshman uh, for Wisconsin in 2019. So he, he didn't want to go, but you know, he felt he had no choice. And uh, I have since found out since he actually committed Friday. At first, I wasn't sure exactly if he was going to be cleared by Tech or not, but I, I have found out uh, from people who would know that uh, he has been cleared by Texas Tech. And also another doctor um, that not associated with a athletic department, I believe in Boston, where he's from um, originally, uh, who have cleared him medically. So he's coming in. He'll have three years of eligibility remaining, uh, power five starter in the secondary, uh, who has been cleared to play medically. So so let me get so, so Wisconsin their doctors would not would not clear, clear him. him. Yep. See that that's interesting, isn't it? That's a, a great the reason why you know second opinions and things. I mean, absolutely, you never know. But but that is interesting. That they, you know, absolutely won't clear him. They, but, twice, yeah. so before the 2020 season, and then again in March. So, yeah. but like I said, independent doctor in Boston, and then like I, and I've been told by people who know, uh, and then also here at Texas Tech as well. Yes, yeah, so and I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but when Uh-oh. it comes to things like that, so you know, Tech's doctors medically clear the guy. Yeah, and let's say. That and I don't know what his. We don't know really what is going on with him. And but, even but if we did, I, I couldn't say it. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, but I'm just saying, what if? So you clear him. He comes here. He plays. Is that on him or is that on the university if something bad happens? Well, you know, I mean, is that? You know, I'm no lawyer yeah, either. But, but, I'm yeah. to, uh, <laughs> math, <laughs> doctor, mathematician, a lawyer. I'm certainly <laughs> none of those. Uh, you know, I would think that. Uh, there could be some litigation involved with the college. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I mean, and so that's why I always, when I hear these kind of things, I mean, it does. It just makes you, in the day we live in now where everything is a lawsuit waiting to happen, yeah. everything. And so you just think, wow, you know, you're going to take a chance on, on a player in that situation, knowing, you know, the way things are. I guess what I'm saying, I mean, they, they obviously must think very highly of his abilities for sure. Oh, he's a football and player. Yeah, if he's healthy, you know? he's like, it's an amazing get. I yeah. mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, you just don't know. You know. He didn't play last year, but a lot of guys did. A lot of guys opted out. You look at the, we're going to talk about the NFL draft. What, half of the guys in the first half of the first round of the draft uh, didn't play last year. They opted yeah. out, yeah. you know, So, but they were the most talented, a lot of the most talented guys. This guy, he wanted to play. They wouldn't let him play, you know, twice now. And so he uh, he's, man, the Red Raiders just fell in, the, in their lap because they need, this isn't just a guy to get in for one year to patch things up or plug mm-hmm. a hole. 
three years of eligibility, a known player, a yeah. thumper. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's like you ask anybody, like ask people Wisconsin, man, we don't want him to leave. You know, yeah. like all the fans and everything. He's not one of those guys where it's like, ah, oh, good luck, you know. Everybody's it's, mad at the doctor. Uh, Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They better <laughs> yeah. keep that guy anonymous. Uh, yeah, because he, he's a good football player. As soon as I saw like uh, 30 seconds of his tape, I was like, oh my goodness, they're getting this guy if he's healthy. Yeah. Because he will light you up. And they wow. need that. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Know? So. He'll be if he's healthy. He'll be a fan favorite, and I, you know, you're starting. What's but the fun thing for me is that when I thought about him, I said, "Well, who who's he going to start for? Is there room for him?" Which blew my mind because I just told you how what a good player he is. Yeah. In terms of depth, of course, there's room for him. But right. in terms of who's going to start, the fact that there's actually competition. You know, Eric yeah. Monroe, a former four star, borderline five star guy who started every game for you uh, last season, uh, and then of course uh, Marquise Waters coming in yeah. who I. He's one of your best players on the team. Yeah, period. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a stud. So, uh, and then you got another safety, like I said, coming in at Pearson, who uh, will hit you. He's good in coverage, real chop. So it's all of a sudden you're like safety's gone from one of the biggest weaknesses to man. Maybe more, dare you say a strength uh, sort of. Oh or man, just, it's so scary yeah. to say that. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, actually, I feel really good about safety now yeah. because of that. I mean, yeah. anybody who's seen Waters play and Monroe, I mean, don't get me wrong, he. Yeah, there were some things that happened last year that I didn't like. I'm thinking about the Kansas State game. Right, you know? that's, that's but the he played mind. really well down the stretch. And overall, I think if you look at his whole body of work last year, I mean, he was a huge upgrade from what we usually, mm-hmm. or at least the last, what, seven, eight years at that position. At you know, State. I think that, that thing with Monroe, I mean, really, I hear his name and I immediately, immediately like think most of that. people, I you know. think that moment against Kansas State. But... I would say that that was probably a turning point for him and the criticism mm-hmm. that he took, mm-hmm. probably from the coaching staff, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But even just publicly in the fan base and stuff, I think he probably took that personally and thought, you know what, I've got to get a, give a better effort. And, and I think he, he was better from that point forward. Well, I said I, I would show that in front of the whole team and, and film study and all that. Mm-hmm. And then again, when you're in your own position group mm-hmm. meetings and all that, you know what I mean? So I can't imagine... Uh, you know what? What probably happened there with yeah, that? You know right, that. Play, you know because right. I mean? that's just you can't you can't have that. You know right. what I mean? But and he and that was one play. That was one lack of effort. I think the like I said, the rest of the body of work with Monroe was was pretty impressive. Yeah, like, I, he yeah. did a pretty good job all around. So that's that's a position of strength. I'm really excited about that. Here's a position I'm I'm concerned about: offensive line, both this year and in the future. But um, man. They sent out an offer, and man, I, I'm gonna struggle to say his name. Uh, Austin Kaweki. I'm gonna say Kaweki. It's K A W E C K I. And there's a very good chance that one of his relatives are listening to this because his whole family are Red Raiders. All right. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, his mama is a Red Raider. His daddy's a Red Raider. His sister is currently at school at Texas Tech. His granddaddy, he said, or a couple of his granddaddies uh, were. Uh, Red Raiders, his uncles, aunts. Oh, he said he grew. He's grown up being a Texas Tech fan. Tech fan. He loves the Red Raiders, and that getting the offer, and Tech was like the twenty fifth or something team to offer for some reason. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's, that's the only. I don't want to go negative, but I was like, mm. uh, yeah. He holds over twenty five offers now, uh, and Tech, Tech was twenty sixth. They just offered uh, what was a couple days ago. Jeez, once again, the time of- that is so weird though. And a guy like we've talked about this before about how the staff sometimes there's puzzling things like that that they do. And it's almost like they sometimes it's like Wells outsmarts himself well, on things or something. It may be that Cumbie was strange. aware yeah. is aware of him because yeah. Cumbie he told me that he was on Zoom with Coach Cumbie yeah. and Coach Farmer, and then Coach Wells came in 
and actually offered it was the one who offered it. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was positive, but maybe it was one that Cumbie found him or, or knew about yeah. him. And I don't know this for a fact, but that's the only thing where I could feel like I feel a little better about because, I mean, and he comes from a he comes from from Frisco. Frisco, Lebanon, Lebanon so, Trail. So, so he's in the middle the of Metro. Path. No, it's not. He's in the Metroplex, you know. Uh, and Here, let me tell you yeah. something. Uh, I'm going to spell his name again. Austin, K-A-W-E-C-K-I. Go check out his huddle highlights because it's one of the more enjoyable huddle hi- highlights you'll ever uh, watch in terms of office alignment. As some of the posters on Inside the Red Raiders said, because it's embedded in the story of this interview I did with him, uh, he's a bully. I mean, his his blocks are like twenty yards downfield, and it's against Metroplex talent. You know what I mean? So does hey, it look like in the in the blind side when that's uh, exactly Michael Orr starts pushing yes, the guy out? There? That's exact. That's exactly what it looks like. All and right. then you know, uh, it always ends with some kind of pancake or something. I mean, he is a he was a nice guy to interview, but on the football field, he is mean. So I mean, he holds. Uh, he's a three star guy, but he holds offers like I said over twenty five. Um, Baylor. Oklahoma State, USC are all recruiting him really hard right now. Um, but he's only the number 78 offensive tackle. And I think part of that's his size, uh, 6'4", 265 pounds. So, that's but to me, I mean, put 30 pounds on the dude, you know. And and what they like about him, and look, Tech right now, if you see some massive uh, like hole plugger or whatever, some kind of uh, like a mountain guy, that's not who they're looking for. They'll take that guy if he can move. Yeah. But right now, what Sonny Cumbie wants is guys who can move yeah. offensive alignment. They don't. They don't want just these mountain blobs. They want some athletes there up front. And if he's uh, two sixty something, if they need some help on how to gain weight, I think last year I, I did pretty well at it. It's <laughs> just a few chicken fries, COVID training, and mashed potatoes away. I mean, you know, right? <laughs> I think the training table will uh, probably serve him <laughs> well. But I, to me, that was like obviously Pearson. Uh, you know, committing. I don't know if he if he already signed or not. I can't remember, but you know, it's it, it's a happening thing. And then this this offer to this legacy because I mean you can't lose him to Baylor, right? Or right. Texas, well, or, especially with you the, know what I mean. I mean, it's not it's, it's one not thing just his, the his dad, dad no, right? Yeah, the whole family. The whole family. It's a yeah. family of Red Raiders. Yes, I mean it really is. Yeah, and that's that's coming from him. So and that's why I say it's surprising that being from Frisco and having an entire family of Red Raiders. That they were so late to the party with him. That's just weird. Yeah, he's a 2022 guy, so you know, I mean, it is relatively late, but you know, look, the bottom line is he's going to go take officials to USC. He's going to take officials to a lot of these big schools around the country, uh, but he is going to come out uh, when things open up this summer to Tech. But it obviously wouldn't make sense for him to take an official to Tech when I mean, he basically grew up here, right? Right. You yeah. Know? So yeah, those are those are the two uh, main. I guess recruiting news for me with Texas Tech football in, in the last week. Okay. All right. Well, still things happening. That's cool. Um, all right. Uh, before we uh, wrap up this segment here, um, circle back with some of the uh, basketball highlights. Uh, we had basketball recruiting earlier in the Rock and Pregame. In case you missed that, there's always uh, stuff going on there, and uh, just some of the highlights from basketball recruiting and uh, you know portal. I mean the the transfer portal. Obviously, we mentioned earlier, there's like two thousand guys still in the transfer portal. Tech is actively involved with uh, with some players that they really want and and have a real shot at. Yeah, I mean portal life. That's really in both basketball and football. Right now, basketball is hot, but we'll see football here heat up again. 
And uh, Tech, you know, of course, just like almost everybody in the country, not just Tech because they have a new coaching staff, but everybody basically is rebuilding their roster because it's just guys are just crisscrossing all in within conference, but then also from coast to coast all over. Um, I, I it would be interesting to see who's going to retain like double digit guys because I don't know if that's going to exist anymore with this new. For those who don't know, uh, this new the new transfer portal which has been around for a couple years, and then of course. This new, uh, basically, rule where you have a one-time exemption where you can transfer without having to sit out for a year. And that's really opened up the floodgates. A lot of people have said it's not a good thing for the sport because it's really invited tampering. And there's already been a lot of allegations by some media outlets, some other coaching staffs in terms of tampering going on. And, I mean, it's college basketball. It's been dirty for a long time. This certainly isn't going to change it. Will it heighten it some? Maybe. I don't know. You know, Makes it easier to conduct your dirty business, maybe, I, you know? Perhaps. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they weren't struggling to, you know, in terms of uh, dirty dealing anyways right, before yeah, this. So, yeah. But a couple of the guys that, that Tech are in that, uh, to, to know for sure, Devontae Jones from Coastal Carolina, he's one of the main guys out there in the portal, just period. Um, he, You know, there's a... Story by Deshaun London of 24-7 Sports. You can find on Inside the Red Raiders where he, uh, Devontae Jones breaks down his top four schools. It's Tech, Texas, Michigan, and Memphis. A lot of people think Michigan uh, is the leader there with Jawan Howard, the head coach, uh, really doing a good job uh, recruiting and just with that program in general. But Texas Tech is you know still in it. Um, another guy worth mentioning, uh, Bryson Williams, is a forward out of UTEP. Uh, my thought and a lot of the thought out there was that he was going to follow his head coach uh, who joined Chris Beardstaff in Austin, but there may not be room for him there. So uh, there may be a new window opening there in terms of, you know, Texas Tech would, uh, they check a lot of the box. We, you know, mm-hmm. here, the location, the program, all that, they, they check a lot of the boxes for him. Um, playing time, too, by the way. Uh, and then Davion Warren's a new guy who kind of flashed on, on my radar. Uh, but I mean, he posted an edit with all the tech gear saying, you know, not committed, but what do y'all think about it and all this, you know, and, um, he's a 20 point score, uh, from last year at Hampton. He's a, you know, he's a, like, um, Adonis Arms, who we had on earlier. He's kind of gone through the ranks and everything. He's a adult. He's like 20, you know, some odd years old, older than a lot of guys in, in the NBA. Uh, but who is who now is a proven scorer in the Division One level, so it would be a huge addition for Texas Tech. All right, so yeah, so good things happening uh, out there with Mark Adams and his staff continuing to recruit at a strong high level. That's awesome to hear. And uh, hey, by the way, Tyreek Smith. Yes. What, what's what did I? I think I heard something about him this week. Oklahoma State. Way. Okay, that's what I thought. My, I it's heard, my opinion. So. Somebody asked me this, and I've said this on the board as well. This is solely my opinion, but just. Based on their actions, because Mark Adams was the guy who controlled rotations and everything, you know, and, you know, Tyreek, obviously, we didn't hear one thing about him being like, oh, I'm supporting Tech and I'm coming back. Like, yeah. there was none of that. So, based on their actions, it did, it seemed like they mutually were just not that into each other in terms of on the court. Okay. Right? Yeah. I think that's at least safe to assume. Well, because you always assume, that, oh, man, that guy wants to leave. There must be something wrong. What What did we do? I mean, you know, it's just, it just may it not is. be a good fit. Yeah, you know? I mean, I don't think it has yeah. to be like ultimate, like big time drama. Yeah. He may just be looking for a better opportunity, and Oklahoma State was willing to offer him one. It could be strange, though, this coming season, having Tyreek Smith on the OSU bench, and then you got Mike Peavy at TCU, TCU and yeah. not to mention the other guy and being <laughs> in the family, all that stuff. Oh, did you hear the interview? Right and I, I've really not been 
I can't help it because the posters on the other Raiders and then friends and text me stuff. Like, I don't really care what he has to say. But this was funny, I have to say, that he said that uh, in regards to playing in Lubbock, that that'll be a sellout. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them a sellout. Uh, okay. Like, that's the only way Tech's going to have a sellout at the USA is when oh, he comes. man. See, like, that, that's, just, that's just throwing more <laughs> fuel in the fire, man. Do you think, Bring oh, your tortillas. God. Yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. not batteries. I know what you want to do. But... <laughs> I'm going to uh, say... The legend. Yeah. All the, right. Not not the batteries, the tortillas. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, more uh, recruiting stuff there. And when we come back on the uh, Rockin' pregame, we'll uh, take a break, talk some NFL draft that uh, last night and uh, some uh, some interesting things from the draft, some thoughts from the NFL draft, and especially when it comes to, uh, I suppose, the Cowboys and, uh, you know, and Big 12 specifically. That was kind of interesting. Texas so Tech. we'll get to that a deeper look. All right, a deeper look into the NFL draft. All right, so uh, round one yesterday. Um, I don't know. No surprise as far as the first the first pick. I guess everybody pretty much uh, pretty much expected Trevor Lawrence to be the first pick. Um, but uh, overall impressions of the NFL draft. We knew it was a quarterback. Uh, a strong quarterback draft, and that certainly has proven out. We knew, I mean, surprise, surprise, Alabama had several guys go in the first yeah. 10, 11 picks. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and also, I wasn't surprised that nobody from the Big 12 was selected. I've been saying it. I remember I said, I don't know, it was still, we were still called RaiderPower.com. This is that long ago. I said on, on the message board one time just that how, because I had more of a view of not just the Big 12 or not just Texas Tech coming into it, but just college football in general and covering events in, in the Metroplex, just how far behind the Big 12 was in terms of talent from SEC. Even some of the schools in the Big 10, I hate to say, in uh, um, just programs throughout the country that just the Big 12 was not retaining its talent, its Texas yeah. talent. And uh, people, oh, 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 that's not true. You're, you know, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? What do you know? I was like, okay. But I, it's been proven out now. Like, nobody even argues that. Yeah. You know, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, you can see it on the field. You can see it, uh, obviously, you know, during the draft that there's just not as much talent in the Big 12 as what, you know, before when it was like the best. You'd argue there was a, a real debate between the SEC and the Big 12, what, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, you know? Now, I mean, the debate is, is the Big 12 the third best football conference? I don't, I don't think I would make that argument. You know, it'd be tough. You put the Pac 12 ahead of it? Yeah. In terms of talent? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they put more. They're probably putting more talent in the league. It is scary that there's yeah. not a single first round pick. I mean, that that's you know, I mean that. So that that's really yeah. you see why uh, uh, you know Herman is not at Texas anymore. You, I mean, right. for Texas not to have or for for OU, I think and, and, you know, it's, Texas it's is such a problem. You know? When Texas is bad, the Big Twelve is just going to be looked at as down. Right. You know what I mean? That's and true, yeah. what's interesting that I've seen that's really hurt Texas in terms. And this is just my opinion when recruiting is they'll get a guy, let's say they get a guy who's like a fringe three-star guy, and if he committed to Tech, his rating would have gone down. It's just the truth, whether it be 24-7, Rivals, ESPN, ESPN whatever you want. That's it's, This is just the truth. We all know it. When I get around other recruiting writers or whatever and we talk, like we just this is this is known that like a, a program like Tech, the recruits' uh, rating is going to go down. They go to Texas. A fringe three-star guy is going to be like a mid-level four-star guy all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, and then they're like, "Well, why doesn't Texas's talent pan out?" Well, because they were overrated just because they had that UT name on it. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Now, don't get me wrong. 
Texas recruits some really talented guys. Um, so that makes the fact that they're not putting these, these, uh, more guys in the league than, than they do is puzzling. You know, how are they not, do, how does like a team like Texas have a, have a bad offensive line? Like almost every right, year. Yeah. Like I can, how do you, how do you figure that out? I really, I don't understand that. Um, how do they struggle for what will seem like a decade to find that next quarterback? You know, the yeah. next really, the great quarterback. You know, it's just, it's puzzling. Oklahoma's doing its, its job. It'd be nice if they actually broke through and won a, won a title for the Big 12. But they're recruiting very well. But heck, and, win win a uh, playoff game, even you right. know. I mean, just something that yeah, yeah. Because then and then there's Iowa State, but they're not doing it with like elite talent, right? But they're developing guys and putting guys in the league. Some TCU's always I, we'll probably talk about safety coming up. They always put DBs, maybe an athletic defensive end that that, that played. Uh, it was a great halfback at some three A school. Yeah. That by the time they graduate Texas, they're you know. A third round defensive end, you know, who yeah. has a good NFL career, but that's not, it's not like Penn State is, it would do, like, they'll put in more guys in the NFL than your mid level, uh, than two or three of your mid level Big 12 programs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Baylor guys don't pan out, you know, even when Browse was there. So, I don't, it, it's a real conundrum for the Big 12. Like, you're not recruiting, you're not retaining that Texas talent. They're going to Bama, the, the cream of the crop, they're going to USC. They're going to Ohio State, you know, Clemson. And do you think that, I mean, it seems like when, when the Big 12 kind of split up and Nebraska left and all that, that it, it just made the the uh, the perception of the conference in general was it looked, it, it just it just looked weak, you know? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just, and, and so you, you Well, you replaced, that, you replaced, what was it, you had Missouri, Colorado, Nebraska, Texas A&M, yeah. uh, with TCU West, and, and West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, yeah. All right. So, and then TCU, like, yeah, they retain some Dallas uh, Metroplex talent, of course, but I mean, they're not making some huge dent. You know, I mean, right. I, they're not producing a ton of NFL talent. So, right. well, it's, it's just it's frustrating for me because I remember I grew up like I literally grew up with like old Southwest Conference greats. My dad played in the Southwest Conference TCU and all that. He had all his friends would like hung out all the time. And they talked about the greatness of the Southwest Conference because when I grew up, it was trash. I was like, "This is, those days are done." And that's what I feel like with the Big Twelve because when the Big Twelve came to be, like when I was like around in high school, it was the best, man. Like yeah. everybody was excited about it. They retained the best talent, and you could argue it was the best or right on par with the SEC. But you can't even make the argument now. Yeah. Yes, you can't. Well, um, so just that's kind of overall impressions of things for the for the draft. As far as Texas Tech players, guys that uh, Tech has that realistically. Have a shot at yeah. getting drafted uh, just for anybody not paying attention. Who, yeah, who would obviously, you say Zach McPherson. Point? Zach McPherson is who I think um, he really helped himself at the Tech Pro Day by running a four four forty. Also, he had a really good vertical too. I think that was a question uh, about him. I, I, you know, he could go today. I don't think he's going to, but he could go tonight, which is tonight's the second and third round. You know, he. I mean, if somebody really is looking for a cornerback and they just really like Zach, and if you've interviewed Zach or talked with Zach, really impressive guy. So, I mean, he checks a lot of the boxes in terms of he has all this family that's, you know, played professional sports as well. Um, so he knows what it takes there. Uh, he had a all Big 12 season in terms of performance. Um, he graded out really high on pro football focus um, the last two years, honestly. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone maybe reached compared to what his profile has said leading up to the draft for him. And then there's Jack Anderson. Yeah. 
you know, uh, my only, my biggest concern for him is his history of shoulder injuries. Because those guys, I mean, they really put them through the grinder in terms of um, checking them out physically and mentally yeah. and all that. And then I think there's a couple of uh, long shots, right, that I think Tech fans are hoping for. T.J. Vasher, you know, I mean, never been a problem with talent, right? But uh, just inconsistent, you know. And then uh, Eli Howard actually ran, I think, a four five forty in his pro day. Yeah. It was very productive. But you also have to be concerned about his injury history, too. But uh, very productive, very good size, very good speed with Eli. So if Eli and T.J. don't get drafted, I – fully expect them to be in a camp somewhere as a free agent yeah all right well we'll see what happens yeah uh, round two and three coming up did you guys have any who like who did cowboys end up taking you say what's his name micah parsons, parsons yeah yes from penn what's, state a lot of people consider him the best defensive player in the draft okay all right so so you're so you're happy can you tell yeah. <laughs> no not only that but they trade which when i saw they trade with the eagles i was like what in the world is going on you're training with the enemy what are you doing but uh so the Eagles traded up, and they got uh, they got the Heisman Trophy winner, the receiver from Bama. Uh, but but the Cowboys got an extra third round pick, and they still got what who many consider to be the best defensive player of the draft. And we all know Cowboys need a lot of help on defense. I saw a lot on Twitter. People were going crazy about uh, Chris Sims saying Fields was going to go number thirty two, and then the Bears traded up and, and got him. I think at eleven. So, but people are saying, "What are you doing, Sims?" and I think that's that was a, I was yeah. <laughs> I I I thought that was very aggressive, but man, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm ecstatic. That dude is a beast, of, you know. Feels I mean, he is very good. And the Bears have had trouble at quarterback oh, since when forever I mean, since Jim McMahon. I, I mean, well, <laughs> even McMahon wasn't like you know he wasn't John Elway. He was really good. But he well, wasn't they were John... a good defensive team too back and then. And they had really a guy what, named Walter, Walter Payton, Payton, right? <laughs> hand off to Payton left, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Willie Galt. Receiver on that really team? Gold, I, yeah. I love that. That's that, right. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl shuffle team, boy. I was about to say this. Super about Bowl the same shuffle. time that uh, Van Halen was doing the thing. I was about five nice. years old, five, nice. six years old. Nice. All right. They could Look drive 55 Look in, Chicago, in Illinois. So. Oh, man. Ty knew that song with Van Halen. Oh, man. Oh, Jerry. That didn't help right there. All right. Um, all right. So uh, we're almost done here with the Rocket pregame today. It's the rundown. Four questions, no hedging or push pulling. And that is certainly disappointing to hear. But that is coming up next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rocket pregame on 101.1 The Beard. No hedging your bets. Time to get your opinions on the record. Be prepared to defend it. It's the rundown. Jeff. Yeah. Who will lead the Red Raiders football team in receiving this year? Well, you know, if you would have asked me this question uh, about a month ago, I would have said uh, as a conma, but, uh, you know, he got injured. But they're expecting him back. But, uh, you know, so I still think it'll be good. But I tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go on a limb and just go with a newcomer. I'm going to go with Jerram Bradley. Man, I, I tell you, that guy. Wow. Man, that guy is, is he, he, that guy, the, I know. You blew Jared's mind away. We had a neck crank there. Listen, no, that's fine. That's fine. Do do whatever. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to defend it. But, no. It's uh, but no, as a comma, obviously would be the guy. But if he comes back and he, you know, who knows? Can can he can he be healthy and all? But there's other guy. Well, Wanji, I think, is playing coaches. You know who get, <laughs> you know who gets forgotten about a lot, and yeah. I understand it's Trey Cleveland. Yeah. He's expected oh, yeah. to start. I think he, he can have a big year next year. Right? It's going to be easy, unless he's hurt. But you okay? But that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, he that no, would no. Be I the mean, guy I think he's going to come yeah. back. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah. And I think he's going to lead them yeah. in receiving. But they didn't ask me. Pete, number of wins in the series versus Texas. Man, you wish they could sweep it, but, man, Texas is, is pretty solid. Texas uh, 
hitching has got to be big this week. I'm going to say two out of three. Two out Whoa! Of three. Wow. Wow. He's got Man, his... You go one out of three. So if it's incorrect, did he get flogged? Is that what it is? Well, well, well let's yeah. uh, see about your question. I, I was not told there to be flogging <laughs> for, uh, for bad answers. <laughs> that, what that's... is flogging? You don't want to know, Pete. Uh, Red Raiders, Jared, have had highly ranked... What is flogging? Is that something in an orifice? What is this? No, it's like... Listen, man. Okay, Jared. No, uh, Red Raiders have had <laughs> highly ranked. This is with a really weird place. I wouldn't even do flossing. You flossing <laughs> would scare me. But Dennis, sorry, say that you wouldn't be flossing. I'm like, oh, I'm man. Not doing that. We're not flogging any orifices around here. <laughs> not till after we're off the air, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, look up the Renaissance or something. You might find some best flog. You know, that's just, you can, you know. <laughs> Jared, Red Raiders. Never mind. Just, I think whipped. Whipped. Right. Thank you, whipped. Yeah. Whipped. Flogging for effect. Just because you don't know what it means doesn't mean I shouldn't say it. No, right. I'm not saying right. that. Yeah. You just taught me a word. All Good. Right. Well, no, use, it to, use it uh, when you go back over there to Channel 11. Yeah. I'd like use to see you. Yeah, please. Tell Texas Tech was flogged at the, <laughs> at the plate. Red Raiders have had highly ranked recruiting teams. Which sport will have the next top 10 recruiting class? Track or baseball. Yeah. And finally, question for everybody. Number of players plunked, hit in the back. Flogged. Flogged <laughs> this weekend during the Texas Tech versus Texas baseball series. Number of players plunked. Not just tech players, but total on both sides. Total, total players plunked. Um, yeah, you know this could get this one could get it could get a little chippy. Good robbery. I don't know how many guys get plunked though. And then eight, you know, just six. Whoa! Oh, oh, exactly. I was about to say I was saying six. Okay. All right. Well, what do you think, Pete? I'm going to go four. Six is a lot. You know, there last Friday. Lubbock High played Abilene Wiley, and then Abilene Wiley player got hit. He batted four times, and three times he was hit by a pitch. I think it was three different pitchers. There was no fighting or anything. It was just some poor, you know, control of the ball. They weren't, like, going after him. But yeah. uh, I posted on Facebook, and people got all irate that the kid got hit three times. So yeah, I'm going to go four happen. for the series. All right, four. Okay, two sixes and a four. All right. And that, my friends, is your rundown. All right. Thanks for listening today. It's K-O-N-E Lubbock. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame brought to you by Red Raider Outfitter, Sonko, Meineke, Hortonberry Roofing, Western Water Well Drilling and Pump Service, The Equipment, and Mitch Hall Chevrolet Buick GMC in La Mesa. Our thanks to studio engineer Nick Toshek. Producers, Pete Christie, Sean Dillon, Jared Johnson, Jeff Scott, Alpha Media Senior VP, Jay Richardson, Voice Talent, Ann DeWig, Troy Duran, Engineer, Dave Fernandez, and Director, Executive Producer, Sean Dillon. Portion pre-recorded. For Pete Christie, Sean Dillon, Jared Johnson, and Jeff Scott, Rackham Tech, from the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1, The Beard. The views of the proceeding are those of the participants and may not necessarily be those of Alpha Media USA or its advertisers. This is a production of Alpha Media Lubbock.